Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Today, we have got our dear friend, Shannon Odell. Now, Shannon is from Arkansas. Right now, he pastors a church there and uh, they have campuses literally across the state, but he's from Arkansas. And, you know, the toothbrush was invented in Arkansas <laughs> because it, if it had been anywhere else, it would have been a teeth brush. But it's a toothbrush. <laughs> and uh, some of you will catch that later. That's All powerful. Right. But, 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 but I love this man. He, he and his wife, Cindy, they are great people, great friends. Uh, anybody who dares to preach in camo is my friend. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so would you please give Shannon Odell a great welcome? Shannon, thank you for being thank here. You, Pastor. I love you. Hey, let's give honor where honor is due. That's to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Amen. And can we also give honor to your senior pastor, Pastor Dwayne? Thank you so much. Miss Jeannie, Jake and Abby, I don't know if they're in this service or not. There they are, rock star, rock starette over there. Uh, they babysit us and uh, they've done a great job. They've done a great job. So generous. And uh, the, the, the heart for the house, I mean, it, for you, it, it's got to be so easy because you're a part of a work that is so rare. I mean, 95 plus percent of the world will never experience the worship through song, just a worship suit through song alone that you just experienced. And uh, what an honor, what a beautiful opportunity that you have uh, next week to sew in to the vision of your church and the vision of God's heart to reach the world through the local church. In the sense of just introduction, just let me quickly say, I know many of you are like, Shannon, who is she? I'm, I'm her. All right, so uh, I'm the best you're going to get for the next few moments together. I don't know why my wife or my mom gave me a girl's name, but I do know that Arkansas is 49th out of 50 states in education. So. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened there, but I am okay with it. I'm not that insecure, maybe a little bit, uh, but it's, it's not that bad. I'm getting over it. I'm so glad that you chose to be a part of this time. Keep up a little bit of what's going on so you can pray for us. Anything online, it's just Shannon Odell, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of stuff. Uh, Snapchat is actually Odell Shannon. If you do that, I'm not very good at it, but I'm on there. And uh, we, we can stay connected and, and uh, learn a little bit about each other. And I'm just so grateful that... You are here on Black Friday weekend. You know that the church is dealing with a series on money, and you came anyway. That is amazing. Give yourself a hand for that. That is awesome. Or if you're visiting with us, you didn't know it's about money, this is a great time to leave right now. <laughs> uh, you know, I know I'm being a little bit facetious there. It's, uh, we're, we're just going to jump right in. And we're going to go back, back, back just a little bit to um, give us context in how you and I should have a heart for God's house. And matter of fact, God set up this principle all the way back in the Garden of Eden. And I don't know what you think about with a garden, but I think of plowed rows, or I think of just beautiful vegetation. There was this, this beautiful uh, area God created, as you know, and then he put also a, a wooded section in the garden. And in the middle of that, remember he said this, he said, do not touch the tree 
in the middle of the garden. If you know what I'm talking about, nod your head. You're kind of in, okay, that was Genesis chapter two. And then in Genesis chapter three, we see in verse number six that she went to the tree, she got away from the garden, and she got into the woods, and she got to the middle where the tree is that they're not supposed to be at, and she looked at the tree, and you probably already know exactly what's quoted there, and it says she saw the fruit and saw that it was good to eat. As you know, at that moment, she uh, was brought there by the evil one, who uh, was in the form at that moment of a snake. Husbands, can I just tell you real quick, if your wife's talking to a snake, you need marriage counseling really bad. (laughs) And uh, I do give Adam just a little bit of a break because if my wife was dressed in the attire that they're dressed in the garden and eating fruit, I wouldn't say anything anyway. But I I do know this, that that I'm giving a little bit of break there, but she decides to take part of the fruit And all of the sudden, because that transpired, mankind is on the edge and ledge of being born into sin for all of humanity. Now, maybe you're like me, or maybe there's been a time in your understanding and your study of God's word where you thought to yourself, you know what, I would never have done that. I mean, she knew, she had this unbelievable, perfect, by the way, without any flaw, garden to live in, the only thing God said is don't touch this one tree over in the woods, and she did it anyway. And I thought, why? Why would she do that? What's crazy is this, God's principle on authority is the same for us today. And many of us find ourselves in the same situation, though I maybe a little bit self-righteously have thought that, maybe you have as well, but God also today gives a principle, and it's a garden principle as well, and he says this, that you and I are to bring the tithe to God's house. The Hebrew word is ma'aser, or the tenth. I have up here 10 cantaloupes. God says very clearly, this is yours to manage, but don't touch my portion. Don't touch, if you will, the tree in the middle of the garden. Isn't it amazing, not you, but friends of yours, how readily available they touch this portion that's God's. I mean, be honest with me real quick. Doesn't that look like a lot of cantaloupes up there? If you think so, say yeah. Okay, some of you are lying because you didn't say nothing. Now let me give you another chance. Doesn't that look like a lot up there? Say yeah. Yeah. Compared to this, why is it that we touch God's portion? Why is it that God said, you manage this, but I want you to bring this? God could take it if he wanted, but he wants you to bring it. Why? Because that's when the heart for the house is demonstrated. And you remember a time in your life, many of you, where you were ready to do that. You remember there was a time in your life where you were in awe of the garden, or maybe like Adam, when Eve was created and he looked at her and the scripture says, he said, whoa, man, you know what I mean? He was wowed by her. And there was a time where you were 
wowed by God's best. There was a time where you couldn't wait to worship. You were listening to everything you possibly could in worship through song. You couldn't get enough. You may have even been watching a little bit of, of uh, Christian television, reading Christian books. You remember when you were readily available to witness, you were sharing your faith. You were taping off rows at Res Life, inviting your lost friends. You could not wait to see someone's life transformed and changed like Tiara we just saw up there. You couldn't wait to do that. You were even readily available in warring, if you will, taking ground for the cause of Christ, serving and, and, and volunteering and helping in every way and praying. What happened? What happened? Here's what happened. You got in the woods. You, like Eve, got lost in the woods and you decided that you are going to create your own theology, just like Eve did. Eve looked at the tree and she said, that looks good to eat. The enemy was teaching her those things. There's a point in your life where you were so passionate, you were wowed by God, you were worshiping God, you were witnessing for God, you were doing everything you can to war and take kingdom ground for the cause of Christ, and you saw these 10 and you knew the scripture said, God says, this is mine, bring it to the, my storehouse where you're being fed spiritually, and then what happened? You got off in the woods, and you heard somebody say, oh, New Testament doesn't teach tithe. It does teach the tithe. Matter of fact, Jesus referred to the tithe. Not only that, let me tell you what the New Testament church taught. Actually, you don't want to know it because you want to stay Old Testament, I promise you. The New Testament church multiple times said this, they sold everything they had and gave it to the church. Now, all of us that are so spiritual are like, I'm all in on the Old Testament. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm good with that. They gave it all. God's saying, bring this. Now, there are many of you that are 11, 12, 13, 20%. I understand that. That's over and above. Tithing is not generosity. Tithing is obedience. That's like telling my kids they did a great job cleaning the room. I can inspire them and encourage them because they did, but it's not uh, necessarily extra special because they cleaned their room. They know they should do it anyway. That's the way it is with the tithe. Why'd you stop? Because you got lost in the woods. Because you, like Eve, knew you weren't supposed to be over by those trees, and you went anyway. There's another story in Scripture that's so similar to this, and it's a story of a guy by the name of Absalom, David's son, David's rock star son. The Scripture gives some unbelievable pictures of how awesome this guy was. Matter of fact, in 2 Samuel chapter 14, in verse number 25, it says this, it says, Absalom was praised as the most handsome man in all of Israel. Look at this, he was flawless from head to toe. That's a rock star guy, wouldn't you agree? I know ladies, you're like, that's my husband. And I know you were elbowing, but that's you, babe. <laughs> I know that, that's okay. But I, I just, I, I know that he had all the Twitter followers. He's on every GQ cover. He was the man. Everybody began to praise him for that. The scripture goes on and says this, he was so much the man that he would cut his hair and sell it by the pound. Wow, that is amazing, isn't it? I think I would if I could grow a beard, but I can't. Actually, I've been growing this all of November. No shave November. This is it right here. I might sell it if I could grow it. It's, it's amazing how he became, became such a, 
a, a commodity. So much so, here's what happened. He knew the heart of the father, the king, which happened to be his dad, he even had the DNA of his father. He knew the father's heart, but he began to believe what other people said about him. Then the next thing you know, what God had told him to do in authority, he began to choose to go and do his own thing. Matter of fact, Absalom believed what everybody said. He built an army and he said, I'm going to take on my dad because they're saying I would be a better king than he is. Tens of thousands of people suited up to fight against David. David's heart is broken. Absalom goes out into battle. And as he does, they're a warrior ready. They're suited up. They've got swords. They're on horseback. They know where the battlefield is. The scripture says this though. This is what's crazy. And I, and I believe this with all my heart, church. Many of you are lost in the woods as well. God wants to change your perspective because you used to so clearly, willingly do what God says. Absalom as well. But this is what happens when you get in the woods. Look at this in 2 Samuel chapter 18 and verse number 8. It says this. It says, the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. The woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. What's the scripture telling us? Here's what the scripture's telling you and me. That many of us are suited up, we're sword ready, we're in the fight, but you got drug off into the woods and you're in an environment that you're not battle ready for. And all of a sudden, these things come at you in the woods that normally wouldn't, like talking snakes. Can I just tell you a few things that transpire in a person's life that find themselves in the woods? The reason maybe you're not wowed by God anymore, you're not worshiping, you're not witnessing, you're not worrying, you're not passionate. Let me tell you a few things that take place when you find yourself in the woods. Here, here's what takes place. I believe number one is this. There's filth in the woods. It's dirty there. If you've ever been in the woods, hiked around the woods, climbed a deer stand, done the things that you do, whether you get all different kinds of bites or you just got dirt under your nails, it's filthy in the woods. And when you get into the woods, spiritually speaking, you end up finding yourself conniving and doing things that you would not normally do. And things get dirty and things get skewed, and you find yourself staying up late, involved in entertainment choices you know you shouldn't be. You find yourself thinking things that you know you shouldn't be. David did the same thing. He trotted off into the woods, which happened to be for him on his rooftop. He knew that if he went to the rooftop, he would see things that he shouldn't see, yet he went anyway. As he got to the rooftop, you remember who he saw up there bathing? Bathsheba, which weirds me out. Not that she was taking a bath, but that he saw a girl taking a bath and her name's Bathsheba. Does that bother anybody besides me? I'm just throwing that out there. I was like, Bathsheba, is this a transliteration issue? I'm not questioning the word of God. Don't misunderstand me. I just figure it's her rapper name, Bathsheba. Like she's known for bathing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. And he ends up, you know what took place. The next thing you know, he, uh, he finds himself falling off the edge and ledge of promiscuity. That's what happens when you get in the woods. That's what happens when you're in the woods because this that is God's so easily becomes yours. Not only is there filth in the woods, can I give you a second thing? There's fear in the woods. 
If you've ever been in the woods in the dark, can I just tell you something real quick? Isn't it amazing? You've been there a hundred times. If you're a deer hunter, you've walked in there, but just a snap of, the, of a certain limb or an animal taking off, flushing through the woods in the dark, it gets fearful in there, doesn't it? Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, all six of us. Let me just say this though. Fear is, my mentor says it this way, fear is false evidence appearing real because it's not true. I remember the first time I saw The Wizard of Oz. That movie freaked me out. I was like eight years old, flying monkeys, that witch. I'm still scared. I couldn't go in my basement for days. I slept in my mom and dad's room. I know, I've got a girl's name. Give me a break. I was struggling. I mean, fear comes in, it sets in, and the next thing you know, instead of operating on your faith and who God is, you start listening to the wrong um, um, voices in your life. You start hearing things that aren't really there. Fear sets in, and you get tripped up by that fear, which then, of course, leads to failure. And it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Not only is there fear, Not only is there filth, I believe this, when you get into the woods, you end up with wrong friends. Now, I'm not talking to students and single adults here, though I am. I'm talking to everybody. Can I say this real quick? Godly people can give you ungodly advice. Matter of fact, there are some of you right now in the sound of my voice going, man, I still am disagreeing on the tithe. Let me just say something. This is the beginning stage of obedience in your walk with God. This is the basement level. This isn't the ceiling. This is, a, this is the basement level of obedience. And you can say whatever you will, but when you just reckon with the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God is going to lead you to the obedience of this, this beginning. The reason you will have a greater heart for God's house and his Matthew 16, 18 passion for the church where he says, I will build my church is when you walk in obedience to God's best. But we have people that tell us all oh, the tithes not there. All oh, the church just wants your money. As a preacher's always talking about money. He just wants your money. Well, it takes money to do ministry. And what's crazy is this. I wanted to test this last night. So Jake and Abby took me to uh, one of my favorite places to eat, Outback Steakhouse, which is extremely low fat and organic. And uh, we went there. And uh, so as I'm there, we ate. And then we, I just got up and left. And I was like, hey, let's go, let's all go. And I know Jake was looking at me weird. And then this guy, all dressed in black, followed us out the door. And he's like, hey, sir, you didn't pay. And I just looked at him and I said, all you guys want here is my money. (laughs) Can I just sit here and eat and enjoy the culinary delicacy of the wonder of your steak? (laughs) You know I'm being facetious, right? (laughs) I mean, we didn't pay and ran fast. It was awesome. But no, we did, we did. We paid. But isn't it weird how all of a sudden when you talk about money at church, people get funny. But God says this, I'm letting you keep nine, just bring this. I mean, if Bill Gates gave you 90% of his business, I would smile, wouldn't you? (laughs) Even though I like Apple better, I'd still be happy with 90% of his business. God's saying, you can manage all this, just bring this. Why? Because then you say, I got a heart for the house. Don't let wrong friends tell you things that's not true. Matter of fact, can I just speak to you real quickly? If you just gave me the top five contacts in your phone that you speak to the the most, I can tell you the future of your life. There's fear, there's filth, there's wrong friends. Can I give you another? There's flirting in the woods. 
flirting. It is amazing how we will find ourselves on the right path. We make a decision for God's best. We desire purity. Let's just take a single for instance. If you want to find God's person, you need to be focused on the purpose of God. Don't get off in the woods chasing people who aren't passionate about Jesus. Married couples, let me just tell you something. The best for the rest of your life is who you're married to right now. Stay focused and don't get in the woods. Stay focused and don't flirt. And what's amazing is this, is I will mentor couple after couple after couple and they say things like this. It's like, well, I just Facebook messaged this guy that I used to and, and I don't know what happened and now I'm not in love with who I was before. Listen, that's wood talk. That's people in the woods. That's banjos playing. Don't go there. And I know I'm from Arkansas. That movie was filmed in Arkansas. Don't watch it, but I'm telling you, it's not not good. Stay out of the woods. It's like, well, I just Facebooked him. Why? That was 25 years ago. He's ugly now. What are you doing texting him? It's just amazing. And then people are like, well, I just text him and encourage him where, you know, I thought they look nice and this, that. that. Get out of the woods. Don't be doing that stuff. And and if you are in the middle of it, declare truth and speak to the person you love the most. And then speak what you know is true about the person you love the most. You don't speak what you know is true because you feel it. You speak what you know is true because you know it's true. And when it comes to my wife, even to this day, 23 years married, and we have four awesome kids, I call my wife my girlfriend. Matter of fact, in my phone, it says, my girlfriend's calling. I, I, the place I work out, my buddy was saw my phone there, and I keep all my stats and stuff in there, and he was like, hey, your girlfriend's calling. <laughs> I was like, what? It's my wife. He was like, sure, <laughs> yeah. It's so weird that people will actually stop when you get married, calling your wife, your girlfriend, passionately going on romantic dates, finding your, listen, stay out of the woods and be passionate about what God's called you to in your marriage. Can I tell you about your marriage real quickly? Your marriage is a mirror image of your walk with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the groom. The church is the bride. If you're passionate about your spouse, you're passionate about Jesus Christ. It's proven. Stay out of the woods. Matter of fact, would you tell your neighbor if you know them well enough to say it? Just tell them, just say, stay out of the woods. Stay out of the woods. Let me give you this one as well. Unforgiveness is found in the woods. Absalom not only allowed these men to go after and to take on David's army, the scripture says this. It says that Absalom took off to kill his father as well. The scripture indicates that Absalom riding on his donkey with his Fabio locks flapping in the wind. Is Fabio even alive? I don't even know, but either way. These unbelievable locks flopping in the wind. It says that his hair got caught in an oak limb and hung him in a tree. Isn't that amazing? Can I just tell you this real quickly? Instead of choosing forgiveness, the enemy already had him by his mind. And when the enemy has you by the head, he has your ears, your eyes, your mouth. He's got your understanding. And when that takes place, he's got all of you. And he will continue to trap you in the woods. It says that David's right-hand man, Joab, came and three daggers slowly threw him 
into Absalom's heart. You need to stay out of the woods. The reason this is a struggle, the reason you rationalize, the reason that you fight this is Ken just comes and plays quietly on the keyboard and as we close, here's why. It's because you are continuing to find yourself forgetful of what God's promise is for your life. You need to stay out of the woods. You need to ask God, God, does anything else have my mind? my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart? Am I wholeheartedly bringing what is already yours? What's amazing is I know this, this wonderful church and the hundreds upon hundreds of people that attend this church, if they would just bring to God what's already his, you would have more money than you could possibly spend. I'm talking just the tithe. You would be starting more churches than you already do and have so much influence over. You've got to get out of the woods so that you can do that. And when you sow, when you obey and bring the best, what's so powerful is this. Once you place this in God's hands, look what God does. God takes what's inside and he begins to sow these unbelievable seeds. One of yours is hundreds in the hand of God, amen? And the next thing you know, Tiara, or maybe like my good friend now for about 14 weeks, Stan. Stan's never been in church, dean of students, great athlete, has a great business on the side as well. He heard that brand new church was into helping people and helping their marriage. And he very simply just said, I didn't even know the guy. And he said, Shannon, would you be willing to meet with me? I can do anything, but I don't know how to be married. And in that moment, just a one meeting now for multiple, I would say close to four months, he, his wife, and his boys have been coming to the church and going to church together as a family for the very first time in 11 years of being a family and being married. And, and, and there's so many other stories just like this. That's one seed. And the reason that Stan came, the reason that he came is because somebody sowed seed and then God took those seeds and the next thing you know, there's another story. And you can continue to play Ken. I just say this as well. You know what else is powerful is that 62-year-old mayor of our city in Farmington, one of our campuses, 62 years old, prayed to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. He came, he said, I've just never been to a church that's alive and real and it's revived my life. Prayed to receive Christ, came to a membership class, and in that class he goes, can you baptize me right now? I took him in there, we filled up the baptistry, I baptized him, 62 years old. Then his wife said, I need to accept Christ. In this same membership class, baptize him. Then her son said, I've never met Christ, led him to Christ, baptize him. And then in his leadership, 11 more people followed suit, we baptized all of them, why? Because somebody gave, and those seeds were sown. You know what you don't want to be? You don't want to be the guy when Jesus comes back eating his portion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey God, thanks for that. This is good. <laughs> Your piece is the best. And isn't it amazing? Stolen fruit always is better. Why are you eating God's portion? You got nine of these things. What are you doing eating God's? You know what I'm saying? Isn't that amazing? I remember one time we talk like this with a mouthful in Arkansas. 
I remember one time I bought my son, my youngest son, KJ, he's about nine years old. I bought him, they were brand new, sea salt fries. And it was at Wendy's, you know, because that's all we have in Arkansas is fast food. And so, I, and I was starving. And I was like, hey, KJ, can I have a couple, <laughs> can I have a couple of those fries? And he's like, dad, they're mine. And I was like, hmm, who, who paid for those? He's like, they're mine. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Somebody's going to do that today to God. Like, yeah, I know you provided it, but I'm just going to eat your, the illustration's over. This is just good. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to eat your portion too. You know who's waiting on you to bring the tithe? You know who's waiting on, you, you don't need to wait till next week. You need to bring over and above next week and some of you need to start tithing next week. You got to have heart for the house, big give. You need to bring big. You need to be selling stuff to bring even more than you planned on giving. You need to be bringing big. But if you would just tithe, there may be a Stan, a, a Tiara, a Mayor Penn life that's going to be changed if you'd stop eating what's God's. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and I'm asking everybody, and I know there's natural people that are like the church watchers. I'm asking even the church watchers to close your eyes. Thermostat setters, everybody, just, just hang tight for just a second. And just answer this question, because I don't want to embarrass anybody here, but you'd say, I am eating God's portion, and by God's grace, I'm going to stop today, and I'm going to bring the tithe to the house of God. Would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. You can put your hands down. Hands all over the place. Can I tell you this? Just the hands in this service alone. If, if this transpired, the 25 to 30 people that just raised their hand, it would change the line item budget of this church if just you began to tithe. Now let me ask you another question. As those begin to tithe, how many of you know you're in the woods? Maritally, maybe it's financially, maybe it's fear. Maybe you know you're in the woods due to the fact that you're with wrong friends and you know you need to get back in the garden of God's blessing. Would you just slip your hand up right now? I see them everywhere. I see them everywhere. I want you to do something radical. And I hadn't planned to do this, but I want you to do something radical. If your hand's up right now and you truly want to get out of the woods, take a step of faith right now and just come over here to my left. Just hop up. I, and we're going to have a staff member that's going to pray for you, and you're going to start, and, and you're going to do all that God's calling you to do and get out of the woods. There you go. There's going to be a staff member right here. They're going to lead you in just a moment. Just hop up. Hop up. Just say excuse me to the person next to you. There you go. Come on right back here. I saw you. Come on. Listen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You can continue to applaud. Let's give them just this moment. Yeah, there you go. Come on right now. I'm getting out of the woods. I'm getting out of the woods. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Because some of you need to do business with God. There you go. There you go. There you go. Awesome. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you came. There's going to be a staff member that's going to lead you in just a moment right over here and they're going to pray with you. There you go. Come on. In the balcony. Hallelujah. We're waiting on you. Get out of the woods. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're looking to see who's coming, it's because you should be here. That's what I'm saying right now. So if you're looking, get up and come get right with God right now or close your eyes. I'm just saying, here's why. This is their moment. Give them their moment. Just pray. There you go. There you go. There you go. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Change life. Staying out of the woods, getting out of the woods. You need to come. Some of you raised your hand. Listen, if you won't come here and get, you, you're not going to go anywhere. 
This is your place. Hallelujah. There you go. Thank you, young lady. Praise the Lord. We're getting out of the woods. They're coming out of the balcony. They're coming out. There you go. Hallelujah. Right here. Come right here. We're getting ready to take you and pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. We're getting out of the woods. Listen, you're never going to bring the tithe if you don't get your heart right. God wants your heart. And then I promise you, you'll have your wallet. There you go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They're coming. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. This is the last service. We can wait the whole time. I don't fly out of here for hours. We just keep on going. Hallelujah. There you go. I'm waiting for you. That took huge faith to come out of the balcony. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Come on. Are you still sitting there? Maybe your wife knows that you're in the woods maritally and you just need a a fresh touch from God. Won't you take her by the hand, lead her and say, we're going to go to the next level in our marriage. I'm not. Maybe you need to confess flirtation. Maybe you need to confess. You've been flirting with a hobby, flirting with something that's keeping you from having a passionate relationship with your spouse, not leading your home. There you go. There you go. There you go. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. There you go. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Marriages are changing right here. Marriages are getting out of the woods and into the playing field, the battlefield of taking kingdom for God. Amen. Thank you, young lady. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.